Welcome to Eating Too Much with Tiff and Mandy. We are two lonely mouth former chefs who love and hate a little bit and love food. But mostly love. That's Mandy. That's Tiffany. Let's go. Let's hey, go. That was our first intro. We split up. That was pretty I good. I know. That was pretty good. So We're getting better at this. I miss you. I miss you too. Oh, How was your uh, week without the weekend without the boys? Um, I ate too much. I would expect <laughs> no less. <laughs> and um, it, you know, like like any binge, it it's really fun for the first twenty minutes, and then it just hurts. Yeah. And I feel like the older I get, too, the less I can like binge because I just feel sick quicker and then I just feel sick. And then yeah, it's I'm like, like my oh. mouth wants to do more than my body can handle. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I just I get all the fun foods that I don't normally let myself get like pizza and cake and ice cream. And then after about 20 minutes, I'm like, oh, now I'm just miserable and I'm like sweating. And <laughs> so then I spent the rest of the weekend just sort of picking at it and being like, maybe if I do this combination with that, it'll taste good. And it was like, no. And one of the things I got was I got these um, pumpkin spice fritters like like what? a donut <laughs> and it was like it was kind of good because I haven't had a donut in so many years and so the fried with the sweet was like yes thank you mm-hmm. but then there's something in pumpkin spice that I don't like and I don't know if it's clove or I think you hit it on the nose or allspice but there's something that if that spice is forward, I don't enjoy it. I think and you hit it on the nose. That's it. It's the clove. I think it's the, well, now that you said all spice, I'm like, no, that's it. Oh yeah. I'm not sure. So, so yeah, something that's not cinnamon. Cause I could eat cinnamon all day. It's not cinnamon. It's not nutmeg and it's not no. the pumpkin. It's just no. the, the, one of the other things. And it's clearly yeah. not the sugar. It's one it's, of the other no. things. Yeah. So it was like, I was eating it while it was grossing me out. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, we're about to go into full on pumpkin spice season. And every pumpkin thing I look at now, I'm like, oh, I saw this meme the other day that this just made me think of that was like, um, you know, Starbucks and all the coffee places that are like pumpkin spice is back. And it's yeah. like, what the fuck? And then like just below it, it's like every white girl. And it shows like an SUV plowed into like the plate glass of a Starbucks. It's terrible. Yeah. I really feel like it's time to move on. Like pumpkin pie. Cool. Um, pumpkin bread. Cool. But like, can we move on? Can it not be like pumpkin spice season? Like I'm ready for the next thing, like apple pie spice or chai or, apple cider also, can stuff. we can it like start after labor day can it be like you know like a no white pants thing so that it's not something that is like definitively the end of summer pumpkin spice I season i know it needs yeah. to not be its own season i feel like it's turned up even more now because of the pandemic there's i've already seen people talking about christmas decorations and i'm like oh god i like as much as i love christmas like we we can't no you cannot do that until after halloween and that's a full two months basically away so and y'all like, need to chill out y'all need to chill out and like having worked at like pottery barn and williams sonoma and trader joe's like you know all these 
And then obviously in food styling too, you're doing everything two seasons ahead or two yes. holidays ahead. Yeah. And it's like, I'm, I, I can't deal with that anymore. I'm like, I need to, I need to have it at least not be like record breaking heat and talking about how Christmas is almost here. No. And it's also weird because, and myself included, I think because we're looking ahead to the holiday season and thinking we're probably still going to be fully closed down or partially yeah, like so it's depressing. not, it's, it's so depressing. And yet there's a part of me that's like, well, if I just double down on the holidays, somehow <laughs> I will miss the fact that there's nobody else at the dining room table, except for the same people that have been at my dining room table since, <laughs> you know, like if I, if I start Christmas shopping now, if I start menu planning now and like somehow making it special with like food and gifts that it's going to bypass the fact that we're not with anyone else. It's and I don't just another day that me. ends in Y. <sighs> Yeah. So oh, that's brutal. Yeah. So that was my weekend. And I just watched like two, two and a half seasons of Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt bad because when Evan and I have been watching, like sort of hate watching it together and we were like mm -hmm. on the season in Africa and it was just really miserable. Like I really feel like they cast, they purposely cast people that you are not going to like. And there was one woman in particular that I was like, does she not understand that this is one of the most watched television shows in America? And she fully was like, I don't like people. And I, and I can't wait to blindside. I mean, she was terrible through the whole thing. She said terrible things about everyone. And I was thinking like, do you not understand that like people that you, that employ you are going to watch this. Mm -hmm. And like, if you have children, like, your your kids teachers are gonna watch this and like i don't know but then I, but then a part of me is jealous of that too i'm like she does not give a fuck she gives zero fucks she gives zero fucks and it's yeah so anyways we were sort of hate watching that season and so i skipped a few ahead because i was like you know what evan's gonna say no more anyways and so i i went like three or four seasons ahead and wouldn't you know it they were so good <laughs> and i was like god damn it oh, man. so then i had to confess to Evan when he came back that I had watched like two and a half seasons of Survivor without him. Do you guys ever get that where like you watch something as a or you like like watching something as couples like that's its own Oprah because findings common ground but like I started watching Survivor right on my own and I'm like great this is a show that I can watch he doesn't give a shit well then he starts watching he gets invested and now all of a sudden I can't watch it without him and then I get kind of pissed. So I almost wish this was more of a problem because the world's toughest race was like the first thing that Tam has showed like a modicum of interest in. Cause like, she just never wants to watch the things that I like to watch. I like yeah. to watch, you know, crime kind of murdery things yep. or just like stupid humor, like reality kind of stupid stuff. Like, yep. have you seen that show? Holy moly. No. <laughs> what is so that on? Holy it's so moly. <laughs> it's it's so stupid it's great it's they basically play mini golf but with all these it's it's like two people playing against each other so you only have one opponent at a time and it's like tournament style so you're trying to get to the end right and it's like for a cash prize or whatever but there's these obstacles that are not normal miniature golf obstacles nice. like, 
like the one we saw um that tam actually stopped what she was doing and was like what are you watching they <laughs> full-on like dressed this girl in like a night like you know like king arthur's court kind of night yeah and had a cape a knight mm -hmm. a knight mm -hmm. and lit her on fire with like these blow torches oh my god and then she's trying to like putt putt through this thing while these dragons are blowing <laughs> fire on her it's just stupid shit or like this one where they have to and i mean you kind of have to and there's a lot of like golf pros and like former you know school golfers or like people that you like because you actually have to kind of be good at at least the putting aspect to get through some of these yeah. things and chipping for some of them. But it's like, mm -hmm. like there's this one where there's literally like a row of porta potties and then maybe, I don't know, maybe like 10 inches or a foot of space in front of the doors of the porta potties. And they have to first putt from and Oh, like past the, past that 10 inches or a foot or whatever is mm -hmm. like a drop into the lagoon. Right. So it's right. like, <laughs> You fall in the water or whatever um so like first they have to put their ball like pretty straight down this this thing to get close to the flag and it's all like probably in a no pressure situation like a two to three putt kind of get it in the hole right yeah um at least for these people i i don't know it'd be a lot harder for me um but then they have to on a green light run that same very narrow next to the edge to the water path but they only get like two seconds to do it and i've only seen like two people successfully do it because after that two seconds these like full-on mascot dressed <laughs> people start opening the porta potty doors from the inside <laughs> And these people are running full speed, like trying to get past okay. the poor bodies. Okay, I have a million questions. Where is this filmed? Are these people professional mini covers? Like, are these just normal oh, people man. like you and me? Like, some of them seem like normal people that are just really into mini golf. Some of them are like golf pros that have worked at you know various places and probably spent way more time putting than like you know the know, average person. Yeah, but I mean there and like steph curry is like a producer and does these like moments with steph curry <laughs> so they're like random and the two um i guess it's like announcer like sports broadcaster people they're in this yeah. booth with it and they're like fucking hilarious um one of them i don't know but the other guy i'm like blanking on his name but okay he's been in like um like a million movies um, let me just see. I'm just looking it up right now. So um, it's on right. ABC. Oh, it's on ABC. <laughs> yeah. And just Googling it, there's like clips and all these. There's, oh, there's even a couple full episodes on um, YouTube even. So, okay. I mean, it's free. It's anybody can find it. Yeah. Right. If you uh, have any kind of. of um, Television. Yeah. Thank you. So. <laughs> Um, the, the comedian guy is, um, Rob Riggle, who okay. I don't know if you know by name, but you definitely know his face. I know the name. I can't place the face, but I'm sure as soon as I see it, I'll know it. All right. Well, yeah. I'm going to watch that with Ian. I'm sure. Oh Ian my God. That. It's, 
I I like die laughing every episode. I like fall over. It's so, like one of them. It's like, um, you know, John Lovitz. Yes. <laughs> there's like, there's one where um whoever like of the two people if um one of them I can't remember what they have to do but um it's called like jump the shark and they don't even get to chip their ball onto the green um if you win the the little challenge or whatever john lovitz um chips your ball and he's really good and if you lose it he chips it for you also but they blindfold him oh my gosh <laughs> first and so sometimes and then you place the ball and like you know, he gets ready and you're like, okay, a little closer this way or turn the, <laughs> and you're like blazing him. And then you have to like run off this ramp and jump on this rotating shark to try and get over without falling in the lagoon. It's like crazy shit. Like who, who thought up this shit? It's who like, thought of, yeah, I don't know, but it's, it's amazing. And it's in its, I think it's in its second season. It came out during quarantine, but All right. it's Holy fantastic. Moly. That's, Holy that's my new thing that I learned today. Oh my god! I'm just imagining all these things and the people on the show. It's just funny. There's one that they have them all. I gotta stop just telling you about them. There's one they have them in this gopher, like this mad scientist gopher, electrocutes the people like right when they're gonna pop. They have like electrodes on them, and he throws the switch, and it like zaps them. Is it like mean spirited, like Ellen, kind of like Ellen's game show, or is it like? Nah. Um, I mean, it's like a, it's a mix, you know. Okay. And some of it's just like freaking hilarious, and then like they all get really, and it's like more of a, and I mean the the commentators like say the funniest things, and they're obviously there for like comedic relief, and they're also like they're making some astute observations and the people yes. that go on this show i mean they're like a little baddie <laughs> yeah i wonder and if it's like it's like crazy outfits and stuff but i wonder if it's one of those things where i mean i guess not now but there was a lot of those shows that like it would literally be tourists like the price is right like you would stand in the line and it's like let's go to hollywood and they would stand in the line and like you get picked to go in and then you might get picked to go up kind of thing you know they feel more specialized in that because all these people oh, have some okay. kind of background in golf yeah like it's there's like they do like exponentially better than say i would and i'm i used to golf i wasn't great at putting but yeah i mean it just also seems like a lot of fun <laughs> and yeah. they like cheer for the people when they make it and you know and it's hilarious when they don't <laughs> all right all right everyone you heard it here first holy moly I got to give credit to that um, for for that show um, coming into our lives to Liz and Jean. Okay. They're friends of the pod. Yay, Liz and Jean. Thank you. Um, Liz is a fucker. Nice. Jean is <laughs> her cabana boy. Um, but um, slash amazing supportive husband. Um, but they, they turned me on to the show and it's like the best worst thing ever. And it's like one of those things I can watch while I'm knitting or like watch while I'm folding laundry yeah, exactly like doing chores or whatever but then you just like have an injection of amazing humor where someone it's like total schadenfreude you know like people are like definitely getting hurt <laughs> and yeah yeah it's awesome um speaking of liz actually shout out because oh, yeah. 
she um, texted me last week when our episode came out of how to not get notifications on my laptop. So right now I have, there is a do not disturb equivalent on, um, on all MacBooks, similar okay. to the uh, phone one. And it's just in settings and it's super easy and I'm a little embarrassed I didn't know it. But <laughs> now I do. So it's all about who you know, right? Yeah. Well, and so, here's the thing is like the last time that I really... It's all about how much time you have. Like back when I had a full-time office job, I knew my computer inside and out because I only had so much work to do. And then you're just literally sitting there like waiting for the phone to ring or waiting for someone to like give you another piece of paper to do something with. And so I would literally just go into every setting. Like I knew all that shit, but now it's like, Mm -hmm. we're busy. We have full lives. So yeah, I'm not sitting around like playing with my computer going, I wonder what this does. I wonder what that does. Or because like it, it is true. Like once you start doing that stuff, it is really simple. It's it's more just the fear it's of intuitive. Yeah. It's, it's the fear of the unknown and like totally. I, yeah. But it's also like I know for her, she has like teams she has to work with, like, and it's all virtual and like her like she has to do so much stuff like via all the all the meeting things and like yeah all the zoom things and right so then yeah it would make sense so you have, have to, to learn. you have to figure that out because otherwise it's super embarrassing if you're hosting a meeting and yeah and, and you don't know how to, and you're a potato standing. like that one woman changed herself to a potato and couldn't figure out how to switch herself back oh my gosh that's too funny that was like at the beginning of the pandemic that brought me a lot of joy zoom zoom uh, zoom. zoom oh reseasoning um yes. the asian tacos i talked about last time i forgot to mention the very critical hoisin sauce that gets drizzled on it too mm. um it adds a little sweet a little savory yeah. a lot of umami yeah. but it it was included on the um loose recipe i posted on instagram awesome eating too much pod eating too much pod you can find us there and I want so- that as a clip. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'll figure that out, but probably not. <laughs> Speaking of media consumption. Yes. Padma Lakshmi's Taste the Nation. How obsessed are you? Um, I'm pretty obsessed. I will say it makes me very emotional. It's not like a light watch, you know, it because yes, it's I food, agree. but it's also political and really about all the turmoil that's happening in America now and has been happening all the time so long but it does but too long but it does seem like it's coming to a head and and so we are going to each pod we're going to talk about one episode so so if you guys want to um watch along with us so today we're going to talk about the first episode which is called burritos at the border and um She's in El Paso, Texas, which is on the border of Juarez, Mexico. Have you been to El Paso? I have never been to Texas. I've only driven through Texas like three times and it's real fucking big. You know, it feels like when it you're looks I, big I've, on a map, I've driven across the country three times and it's always like Montana, <laughs> Wyoming, New Mexico. And then it's like you hit Texas and it's like three days later, you're like, I'm in motherfucking Texas still. I'm still in Texas. Yeah. So I could have driven through El Paso. I really don't know. It's been too long. 
I'm guessing you wouldn't have driven through though, just geographically where low. it is. Yeah. yeah, unless you were like going to Mexico. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I did not major in geography. Okay. Oh man. Um, yeah. I do have a couple of friends that are from Texas and, um, you know, have things to say about Texas and there's reasons that they don't live there anymore. But yeah. Yeah. that said, there's like so much a mix of culture and the stuff that I guess I didn't realize is how like, and that I can like relate to as a like I was the first generation born here and, mm -hmm. you know, so I was sent to school with, you know, stinky dumplings and stuff that people were like, I just wanted a fucking PB and J and some right. like handy snacks. Right. So I'm sure you had experience being othered like, Oh, you're not like us. You're like something else. Right. And then when I was with my family that is, we're Chinese via Taiwan, right? So then I have um, family and family friends and so forth. I have like a shamefully low number of actual Chinese friends, <laughs> but I, it's not on purpose or anything. It's not like I don't like them. <laughs> it's not like I hit a quota and cut it off. Right, right. Um, You're like, there's already a Chinese friend in the group and it's me, okay? Nobody else can come in. Quota met. Quota met. Like, goodbye. <laughs> no, but like I'm, I'm, you know, pretty much illiterate. And um, when I studied Chinese in college, because I was like, I should maybe look into this. Um, you know, after a couple of years, I was at like first grade level reading, and it's like, you know, I actually went and did study abroad in Beijing for for a semester, and yeah. then I would like talk to these children who it was very clearly like you're an american and i'm like no but i'm chinese and they're like right. no you're an american and then i mean it's without without the 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 discrimination of like the the negative like the what am i trying to say like the malicious discrimination mm -hmm. that right. um i think that a lot of um mexican americans and mexicans must go through it seems like um the idea of El Paso. It was just very eye-opening. Like the name of the city, it literally means the past, right? It's like right. the connection between Juarez and the United States. And well, I'm hearing too, they were saying we didn't cross the border, the border crossed us. So, yeah. so right. So we went in and we're like, this is ours in whatever the mid 1800s. We're and drawing then, the line here. Right, right. And we don't care. Here. Right. We don't care if your family's there. We don't care if your job is there. Too bad for you. Um, now you are um, a foreigner where it, you've always been. Right. And it sounds like, I don't, and I could be wrong, but what I took away from it was El Paso was sort of, it was understood that it's, it's the borderlands. So passing back and forth was something that thousands of people do every day to work and visit family and all that. And I'm guessing it's in the current administration that it became much harder. And now they were saying like a drive that used to take them 30 minutes is now taking them two hours and they twi still got to be at work a day and they yeah. still have to be at work at a certain time. And, and, and really just, boring. yeah. And, 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 and they do it. Yeah. Well, and I get it. Like the thing about it is 
and I appreciate Padma doing having this show because she's boots on the ground. And what you find out is when you actually are there and you're just talking to the people, it becomes much more complicated than just here's a wall mm-hmm. and just don't. It's like that's not how and don't cross life, it. That's nope. not how life works. And um, yeah, and then to go to that restaurant that was owned by the man who was a Trump supporter and also mm-hmm. loves the people that he works with. You know, and um, it reminded me like where I live now in Palm Desert, this is a much more conservative place than I've ever lived before. And I was raised in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which is liberal bubble, you know, University of Michigan's there. And so I was about to ask, because I feel like in my head, Michigan's not blue, but then Ann Arbor, I always think of as like the Austin of Michigan, you know, like like the rest of the state. I honestly don't even know if Michigan's a red state. I feel like Michigan and Ohio, like the Midwest, those mid, like Michigan, Ohio, Illinois, they're all sort of tricky because there's like swing states. Yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, but I definitely grew up in a blue community mm-hmm. um, with a red dad and a mixed mom (laughs) and then but they were but you know my dad was definitely in the minority like definitely and and then I moved to LA and so another liberal bubble and so this is the first place that I've lived that it's not a liberal bubble and well and I'd like to point out yeah that you lived in on the west side which is even more so I mean there's definitely like definitely areas of the greater Los Angeles um, region that are very much um, Trump supporting. Right. Like probably even if you go into the Valley, there's going to be more red, but yeah. Yeah, And Orange County. And we were in Santa Monica, like home birthing, (laughs) (laughs) extreme, extreme blue. Oh my Um, God. Can I just like, just side bubble for a moment? Yeah. How about when I sent you that picture? Because I, I like know. looked up. Waze took me. Um, I was going to pick up Stella's new meds, and Waze took me on a side street because Santa Monica and Wilshire were both shit shows because it was like five o'clock on a mm-hmm. Friday afternoon. Took you up Arizona. Took me up Arizona. I was all of a sudden at the corner of Arizona and Franklin, where Mandy used to live. Oh, and you took a picture and you sent it to me. It was so sweet. I was like, this is where I first met your baby. I just love that little place. It's kind of like, reminds me of like the Hobbit or something. Cause it's like, it's all trees and it's kind of like built into the ground. And Mm -hmm. you can miss it really level. Yeah. It's below level. And it's so cute. And it's so like such a, it's just a great neighborhood too. And like two blocks over is like super busy area, but then like, it's like its own little haven. Yep. And you, you, you sent me the picture. It reminded me of when we took Ian in the, the, the baby carrier and we had him facing outward. Yeah. And remember he like liked it till he didn't. And then he started screaming and we were like running home. Yeah. We were like, oh no, he hates it. <laughs> like, oh, you just got to get him home. You just got to get him home. Uh, oh, the first half of that walk was very pleasant. Oh, I love walking in that neighborhood. I really just don't ever go up that far on foot. So yeah. It's just a lot I really of dog shit. I never get shit. to do it, but yeah, it's, it's a lot so of much dog shit. 
That's like the whole west side. It's just covered in a layer of dog like, shit. Why? Like I feel pick like pick up your dog's shit, people. I feel like one person didn't do it, and everyone else was like, "Well, they're not doing it." So I gotta say, I am a I am a very strict dog shit picker upper. Like Me too. I've literally I've literally run out of bags before on a walk, and we have bag holders on both girls' leashes, so it's we like a very few and far between yeah. when both run out. Yeah, and there's an additional unexpected poop or something like that yeah and i've totally gone home gone back out and picked up the poop (laughs) me too or how about the like i've already like used two bags and then one of them decides like i'm just gonna give you like one little tiny nugget and i'm like nope i'm not even gonna leave that on your lawn because that's not cool this is your lawn and that's my dogs that's my responsibility that's not your responsibility that's how i feel but I've also, like, my dogs will shit amongst a bunch of dried turds. And I'm like, I'm only picking up their shit. <laughs> I'm yes. not picking up these mystery shits. No. 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 Mystery. I just feel bad for people whose lawns it actually is when it's not just, like, random sidewalk. I know. Sidewalk grass. I know. Anyways, um, back anyways, to the episode. Back to Padma. So, yeah. anyways, just all that to say, moving here, we moved here in 2016. So, basically, like you know, less than a year after we moved was the election. And it really made me see that um, it is, it's just so much more complicated. And I have met many Trump supporter people that are diametrically politically, you know, opposed to my beliefs and like they're lovely people. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's, it's so complicated. And I just, the last thing I'll say, because again, I don't know shit about politics. I'm a moron, but what I what watching this episode made me feel is just that we're the 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 sort of the hate and the like wanting to make rules and wanting to make these blanket statements that that people think it's going to solve something. It's really just I it, I believe it's um, like a fear of the unknown and it's also a lack mentality. And now I'm mm-hmm. going to bring up Denise Vivaldo again. Because one of the things that I admired so much about Denise is Denise, how much Denise would give away in terms of her knowledge and her skill. And I'd had previous bosses. I'd had previous bosses who didn't want to give anything away. And they were like super paranoid. And because, and it was a lack mentality. They were like, if I tell you how I achieve success in this, you're going to, you're going to get good. And then you're going to take my business away from me. And I feel like it's the same issue with this. It's like, but if we let people in from other places and we let them be successful, I'm not going to be successful. And that's, to me, that's like a flaw in your mentality. Yeah. It's like like success. It's like human rights. It's not fucking pie. Like more for others doesn't mean less for you. Like it's, it's, it's something that I, I struggle a lot with understanding um and then again like the the guy you were talking about with the car wash and restaurant so he his family has owned the same business for decades his dad started it right and And they immigrated from syria and they immigrated from syria they were refugees at one point and all of the people that work there now are mexican and not not like Mexican-American, but like live in Juarez over the border and come across to to cook, to wash the cars, to do all of the work. And he's like, I love these people. Like I wouldn't be here without them. 
and at the same time is a Trump supporter. And I'm like, I just don't get it. No, but it's just like, it's such, it's such a, a perfect example of there being so many dynamics and elements in, in these kinds of things. And I don't, I don't think I'll ever really get it, but I'll probably hopefully never stop trying to get it. Yeah. I think that's, that's the part that people get stuck on too, is like, they're like, nope, I see it like this. Nope. Nope. Don't need to listen to anything else. And that's where I get sort of intimidated too, in terms of like having the difficult conversations with like relatives and like, Mm -hmm. you know, people's like partners. And because when someone is so steeped in, this is my belief that this is right. Like, I don't really see how to have a conversation other than to say, like, I don't agree. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Because I think the truth is messy. You know, like Padma says, like, what if we looked at this whole thing as like one big family and we treated each other like family? And it's like, yeah, Uncle Bob pisses me off and um, this one I don't agree with, but I love you because you're my family, you know? And Mm -hmm. so it's like, but, but, but that answer is very messy and very, you know, it's like, it's, it's the same with parenting. It's like, I could be like, I could be authoritarian and be like, I am the parent and you are the child and you do what I say, or there's a punishment. Now that's very simple. Right. That is not going to create a relationship with my child. And that's not going to teach him how to be in relationship with anyone. So well, it'll create if, a if certain it, relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That I don't, it's not going to create the type of relationship I would wish for him to have with yeah. other people or even just with himself and the world. Um, yeah, totally. but, but that's easier. It's easier and it's, and it's clear cut and it's, you know, done and done the alternative, which is what, you know, I try to do is hella messy and scary and emotional and hard and, you know, and also feels appropriate. Right. So no, totally. It's, it's definitely a world of grays. Yes. And I really think that's what Padma brings to the forefront. And she also shows lots of delicious food and, um, do you want to talk about Elemi? Elemi? Can we please? It's yes. like, okay, first of all, the whole first half of the show, I was just like, you know what? That's a burrito. That's like how I make burritos at home where it's like, mm. just like my, you know, my beans that we've yep. talked a lot about. <laughs> and then I'll do like beans and maybe like a little bit of cheese or like some chorizo or whatever and like wrap it up. But I keep it small at home because my tortillas are smaller and I'm like, I'm not going to waste 200 calories just on a giant tortilla. Right. right. Um, but that's just, I, I was like, Oh my God, the traditional burritos that we think of as like, you know, burritos aren't yep. even a Mexican thing. It's like flour tortillas and yep. all this stuff that came from the old world of you know like the european old world like spanish influence and all that yeah and i'm like holy shit like this stuff's not even mexican and and the size of them like you can eat two burritos and it's like a light lunch you know exactly it's not this like monster brick that you know chipotle will present you with right that's like bang for your buck and everything under the sun is wrapped up in this tortilla and call it a burrito and it's two meals in one yeah, like which I minimum. would eat the whole thing because burrito. So that's my business. Right. Which side note, if you get as a burrito bowl, you actually get more food by weight 
and then get the tortilla on the side. <laughs> Boom. Oh, too much. oh man so, yes, so we, anyway we, LME. Yep. so we watch the owner make tortillas from scratch corn tortillas he's using a, a blue corn and that he fa- cooks and maximalized fascinating yeah so he alkalizes it by cooking the corn in water and limestone and by limestone it's like chunks of limestone like the rocks which i want to do i was watching that and i was like oh see if tiffany and i live together we could like do 100%. this. We'd be like, okay, so Saturday project is going to be making blue corn tortillas. And I'd be like, I'm going to go rock hunting and get the, let's go on a hike and find some limestone. Well, we, I mean, if, if, if the desert has nothing else, it has rocks. I'm like, I probably have limestone right? in my front yard or my backyard. See, Liz would come in handy on that project because she is actually like her education was in geology is oh, that that's the so cool study studying rocks so. we'd always ask her like what's that stuff that we're driving by that mountain looks weird and she'd be like that's this kind of rock we're like that kind of rock and what is she, does she teach that um she works for um agu she she <laughs> this is an ongoing conversation i've, right, I've right. been told a million times what but she does what do you do but what is it <laughs> Hey man, I worked in title insurance for like five years and I still didn't, I still don't understand what title insurance is. <laughs> I was like, I think, I, think she, I know. She makes it possible for scientists in their areas to, 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 it's like PR in local areas for science, for research, for, for earth stuff. Yeah. I know I have a friend who has one of those jobs, but it's in the art. And I'm like, and I'm like, what do you do? And it's like, we, and I think, I think, I don't know. Like, I, I shouldn't even say that I know what it is, but it's like somehow she's helping promote or, or present the arts to people in Chicago. <laughs> but I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I feel like on some level, like she'll explain it and it'll make sense. And I'll be like, oh, it's like this and get it. But then like eight minutes later, I'm like trying to explain it to someone else and I can't. <laughs> like, right. It's like explaining it's really a dream. Like it made sense to me when you were saying it and I right. thought I was taking it in, but now I'm trying to articulate it and I That's can't. exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he makes his own. <laughs> Anyways, Liz can help us find limestone. I know. The, he, he makes his own, um, so he grinds his own corn. It's it's yep. like, I couldn't you just like smell the corn yes. as yes. it was coming out? This like beautiful blue purple, because it's like the corn's like a blue corn. I don't know, it was like blue and white, maybe? Yeah. And Padma was doing what I would want to do, which is like she has her hands in it. And just then they grind it. it. And then she has her hands in it again. And I'm like, yes, that's what I would want to do. I just wanted to touch it. I wanted to like be elbows deep in it. Yeah. I yeah. just, oh my God. And I could just like smell the corn smell. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. we like, and, and the way he like makes it too, is like the super traditional like tortilla press. And he's like, you don't have to press hard. It's like a freaking like bear trap super of heavy. a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and he flops it over and out comes this perfect, gorgeous tortilla. Um, So, okay. I watched him make this. It was, what is it called? Like the worker's taco or something like that? I don't remember. Um, And it's casillo, like cheese. Yep. He did a mushroom confit. Yep. Black beans, 
eggplant, yep. microgreens, grilled avocado. Cilantro, grilled avocado. He flips, he puts the cheese on, oh, melts it, and then part. flips it over yes. cheese side down. To burn, like burn it. Oh my God. And when he flips it back and the cheese <laughs> is golden and yep. crispy and yep. bubbly and Padma gasps, yeah, I like, like full on <laughs> gasped too. Yeah. I gasped and then I rewound it and I like could not even like, I watched it like three or four times, like yep. just right then. Yeah. And that was like the first time I was watching the episode. I've probably seen the episode maybe four or five times. But yeah. oh my God, does that not look like the perfect thing on a yeah. tortilla? Like the she bites it. She bites it. And she's like, it's so good. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I was like, I get it. I get it. I get it. So I'm pretty I, sure I had to like slurp up some drool. <laughs> like I was like, yeah. oh my God. I mean, I want to eat everything on that episode, but that well, that was the number one. That's why I, I, I called that one out specifically because- which is so funny because just in my little though. notes on my on my little side document here, that is the one thing I was like almost the exact halfway point time wise in the episode. Interesting. <laughs> like Fourteen minutes in, I that was like the one thing I was like, I gotta remember to talk about this, and, and yes. you had to talk about it too. It makes sense. So, and by the way, I don't remember if we mentioned it's on Hulu. It is on Hulu, and it's a Hulu um, original original thank you okay i was about to say it was manufactured by hulu so it's not anywhere else how, but yes how's it's a your, hulu original. how's your pandemic otherwise other than watching oh man television? um you know it's been a little bit heavy yeah um in that way that is um such a <laughs> such a one percent way of having anxiety and stress mm -hmm. then I've had my mom specifically but other people also say you know you kind of have the luxury of having these problems because you don't have to worry about a roof over your head you don't have to worry about food on the table you don't have to worry about clothing your children and yeah but it's all relative too that's you thing. know what that is something that I am learning and finally embracing um yeah. that my problems are just Counts. my size yeah, and they count. I don't need to compare it to validate it. No, yeah. they're legitimate and they count. It's like, it's all, yeah, the, the yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. So I actually haven't smoked pot in a little over eight weeks now. Okay. And this is the longest, um, hands down the longest time it's been for me to not um, ingest any marijuana for probably the better part of 20 years. Wow. And it's right now i'm not saying i'm never going to smoke pot again right i'm saying it is something i'm doing in the name of science while my meds are being titrated and i'm yep. still like just trying to manage the variables and minimize yep. them and um it's it's just one of those things where i'm like you know what i thought i'd be like done with the hard part and it turns out that i have more feelings than i ever have had in my life mm. And it's weird and it's hard and I miss numbing out, but I never would have told you that's what I was doing before. And uh, the countless people that were like, well, it's just self-medicating, but it's fine. It's just weed. Like, I think it's, it's something when it's a, a drug that is very helpful to countless people, it's something that grandmas do. It's something that cancer patients do. It's something that helps your pets. Right. You know, it's, it's 
whereas you know stuff like heroin and I, in my head i think of as like having no beneficial effects right um to users or that kind of thing and my my therapist was just like you know what like if it were any other substance you would still be in rehab or going to daily meetings and mm-hmm. definitely talking to a sponsor like multiple times a day like this is not like don't freak out at your freaking out like it is very normal anxiety to be having it's a big change like it's changed physiologically it's changed like neuropathways and I'm like really like I guess people have kind of said that in the past like weed changes stuff but then you're like it's a plant it's right it comes in sour gummy form like what's the (laughs) (laughs) well and it's hard because like everything else in the information age you can find an expert that says one thing and you can right. find an expert that says the opposite thing. So whatever you want to be true, you can find an expert to support that. Yeah. And so, but it really just comes down to like, how is it affecting you? How is it affecting your life? Is it making your life unmanageable? You know, or is it like interfering with your medications that would otherwise make your life more manageable? You know, those are, but these are all individual questions. For sure. And it's, it's definitely something where I'm taking a step back and it's almost a, it's almost an, not an observational, like completely removed um, way, but it's like definitely has me questioning almost my identity. Cause I've identified as like chill stoner for so long. And like, mm-hmm. I know that that's like kind of been my role as like that person in, in social circles and in, in social situations like yeah tiff's always like gonna crack a joke but she'll always like you know be cool with whichever way it goes and i can get along with pretty much anything and Mm -hmm. anything anyone and in pretty much whatever situations i don't have like really strong opinions about anything but turns out i do (laughs) yeah i mean that's really interesting because i feel like so i've known you for 10 years and so i've and i've always known that you liked smoking pot and and I've known you as that like chill like get along like you present very chill and but then you would say little things that I would be like oh there's rage there but I I never saw it but I knew that it was there you know what I mean and I was like I wonder how that's coming out because clearly it's there yeah and it I mean I think, you know, once in a long time, like I would have like a screaming, raging fight with my mom or, Mm. or something like that, where it'd be like, why are you so angry? And I, I'm like one of those people when I'm so angry, I'm like crying, like absurd, ugly crying. And I'm just like, I don't know, but I am, you know? And I think that, I think that, you know, that probably started right around when I started kind of coming into my own as as like a high schooler and I I found weed as like a great way to be like oh this makes me either not care or care less that I care right if that makes sense yeah and so right now it's just a lot of of you know what I'm accepting as expected anxiety and um just making space for for my emotions and my feelings and being present and experiencing my life in a way that I never really have and you know learning that i don't need to compare to validate my stressors and concerns and feelings and 
and that, you know, that's, mm -hmm. I, I have this feelings worksheet and I, <laughs> my therapist is really funny. She's like, and I'll give you this worksheet too. So it's, I guess it's, it's one step beyond that. It's a big okay. empty circle and it's like, draw what you're feeling. Right. And then okay. it's like, you can name your feeling. Where do you feel it? Like, is it in your stomach? Is it in your head? Do you just want to like punch stuff? Is it, you know, like mm. giving it a name, identifying it, making space for it in that I'm not trying to make it bigger than it is. I'm not trying to squash it. Yeah. I'm just like acknowledging that it's there and like being with it. And one of the things that um, she gave me that I've read and reread and reread, and um, it's really helping me in kind of a silly way because it's just a few statements saying that this is a feeling I'm having, mm -hmm. that I am not this feeling, mm -hmm. that it will pass, mm -hmm. that and I'm using it primarily as like for negative or like kind of anxiety based Art. feelings. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if like, I mean, we did some brain spotting too, and which is like an interesting thing on its own, but it's like unlocked this like emotional element of me that I never really realized existed. And I, I, it's, it's just so weird and new. And I mean, it's almost fascinating in a like, what's going to happen next kind of way, but it's yeah. happening to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When I did, um, when I did that workshop thing, when I, last time I saw you and I was going to go do yeah. that workshop, it, it, that was, it was like a five day intensive, like therapy on crack and you process and you scream and cry and, um, you're really uncomfortable, like emotionally, like the whole time, but you have a lot of, or I'll just speak for me. I had a ton of breakthroughs. And what was interesting was that, cause I'm basically exist in I, in anxiety all the time. Like I'm anxious right. and worried all the time. And what I learned was like, when I don't have that, like just how different of a person I am, like it's really wild. I felt like I met myself and it was like probably day seven. And all of a sudden it was like, I was like, who are you? It was literally like That's meeting amazing. myself. I was like, I don't even know who you are. Nice to meet you. Turns out she was, <laughs> She's very cool. She's very, um, she has way more energy than I do. She's sassy. I she's, love how this is a third person. Because that's how it feels. I know it's super weird. And I hate, I, I hate, I hate people that talk in the third person, but in this case, like it feels appropriate. I a hundred percent. I get it. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, and then she promptly went away. Um, but I know she's <laughs> I know she's there. So maybe she's I should try that. Hiding. I should try that feelings thing because I you know what stop. I'll send it I to you. Stop. I have it in okay. PDF form. Okay. Cause I just stop at the anxiety. I'm like, how are you feeling? I'm feeling scared and anxious and worried. And then I just stop. And it's like, and I'm probably a therapist too would challenge like anxiety is not a feeling, you know, like what are mm -hmm. your, there's something underneath that. Or like trying to identify what, that anxiety is yeah or where it's coming from like where it's manifesting from yeah and like where do you feel it like i i try never to ask myself why because it not only even just asking myself because it's like not only do i start feeling like it's wrong but mm -hmm. then i'm trying it almost 
becomes like a thing to solve, if that makes sense. Right. And it's not, it's a thing to experience. And well, that's a 12 step thing too. They're like, it doesn't matter why it's here. It's here. So you, yeah. so now you can deal with it. It doesn't matter why it's there. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Do you, um, do you chew on ice when you're anxious? Is that a thing? <laughs> I like your segue. I know. No, but you know what? Okay. So this chewing on ice thing. Um, so I am one of the other things I'm doing right now is actually taking iron supplements because I'm pretty anemic okay. and have been for years and only in recent years found out from doctors that actually talked to me after I got labs and oh yeah that's <laughs> never happened to me <laughs> I found an old lab and I was like my cholesterol was high nobody said shit to me well I'm yeah. not dead this was taken in 2011 so I, I guess, guess I was okay. all right I don't know <laughs> so one thing that um I started doing not terribly long ago a few years ago was chewing on ice and it's like you know, my mom's always said, you know, it's a terrible habit. It cracks your enamel. There's micro cracks, you know, dentists are always like, no, chewing on ice. Mm -hmm. And, um, it got to the point where I would literally sit down at a restaurant and everybody's ordering drinks and I'd be like, oh yeah. And can I have some ice water? But can I also have just a glass of ice? Okay. Because the few cubes that you may or may not get, like it got to right. the point where at a table of six, I would look at my five friends and be like, so-and-so has more ice than me. I really want that cup. It was, it was subconsciously right. obsessive. Yeah. I'm going to say that and, a little bit like an obsession. And it was. That's me with dessert. I'm like, I know exactly what everyone ordered. I know exactly how much they ate. You Why, if if, if they don't finish it, I'm like, who the fuck are you? And what is your problem? <laughs> do you, do you not understand there's a brownie sundae sitting in the middle of the table that no one is eating? Yeah, I'd be like, so is anybody going to eat this? Because I'm going to move it closer to me. <laughs> right. You guys are talking and there's a brownie. Like, there's, there's ice cream involved. It's <laughs> melting now. The ratios right. are going to be off. Like, right. can I just move this closer right. to me? Or... Right. This is wrong. Yeah. So the ice thing, I mean, it really is annoying to some people too, like how loud it is. And I've always wondered because I, it's never been something that's been on my radar when other people have chewed ice. So I'm like, in my head, it's really loud, but it's happening like within my skull, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm like, and then I would, when I was bored, when I was hungry, when I was whatever, I would literally, we bought like these tiny, it's this ice cube tray, but the cubes are like in an effort to, to mimic crushed ice. The cubes yes. are like tiny, teeny, tiny. Oh, and I would literally tiny. like, yeah, I would empty like a tray and a half into a glass and just like barely put water on it just to soften the edges kind of. Yeah. And just go to town crunching and it's like fucking heaven. And my mouth would be numb from being frozen and I would still be like so happily crunching. And I'm like, you know what? There's no calories. I'm getting hydrated. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. You're but staying cool. we were we were in Iceland with the aforementioned Liz and Jean and Jean was like, isn't that indicative of something? Like, it's like a symptom of something. I was like, what? right. What like Pika, about? like Pika or something. I don't know if that's related to it, but Pika is the one where like pregnant women will start eating chalk or, or like random shit dirt. that's not food. Right. Yeah. So we looked it up. Right. Okay. And it, it's totally a symptom of iron deficiency anemia. <gasps> 
Is that not the most bizarre? Like you would never guess. I never guessed that they were connected and we looked it up and I was like, holy shit, dude, you're right. That's really interesting. Yeah. And then that's why you were obsessed with it. Are you still obsessed with it? (laughs) I 100% believe that's why I was obsessed with it. And I'll tell you what else. My wife noticed that when I do regularly take my iron after about a month or so, I stop ordering the extra glass of ice. Wow. I stop making like, yeah, like when I'm really craving it and sometimes she'll just turn to me and be like, have you not been taking your iron recently? And I mean, I'm only like taking it actually like a, you know, responsible adult right now in the name of science to, yeah. like I said before, to minimize variables and stuff while I'm, um, for, for energy purposes to- yeah to be able to define if something is just like I have no oxygen going through my blood right now or am I yeah well and also in the time of this like scary virus I mean I've started I actually set an alarm on my phone for every day at 9 a.m to remind me to take a vitamin and and to give Ian vitamins because I just forget I just don't I'm terrible because you're doing shit I guess. Or it's like, I I think it's a self-care issue though, too, because it's like, I don't forget my allergy pill at night, but you know why I don't forget it? Because it makes me feel drowsy and all I want to do is sleep. So I never (laughs) forget that motherfucker, but I'll forget like the vitamin that's going to give me C and D and zinc and all the things that you're supposed to, you know, have to help your immunity. That you can't see. I'll go for months without taking that. Yeah, exactly. That's me and iron and Tam will be like, Mm-hmm. Hey, you've been like chewing on a bunch of ice. Like I will literally be like, Hey, it sounds like she, she likes to drink her, her coffee, her water, even around the house in these, um, you know, in those like insulated cup tumblers. Yeah. So like a lot of times I'll hear her finish the water and be like, Hey, are you going to refill it or can I have that ice? <laughs> <laughs> wow. And yeah. has it, has it hurt your teeth? Like has the dentist said anything like your enamel is i mean not yet (laughs) i imagine it's done something um i'm also very cognizant i don't know if this is just me convincing myself that um you know a damaging habit is actually not bad for me specifically because i like to chew on ice that's been sitting in water and that has had its edge taken off and that it's you know, like you're not raw like, dog in the ice. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't have that. I, I, but I get it, and it doesn't bother me if other people do it. But I will say, pebble ice is the shit. And I've seen oh, like people, yeah. people get those like pebble ice machines for their house. And I, while I wouldn't do it, I appreciate it. I respect that they've done it. And and I like to do the thing of like when you have that pebble ice, which is like it's almost like hard packed snow. And you do the thing where you get it in your mouth and then you like suck. So there's sort of like a mound of it, like in the middle of your mouth. And then you crunch that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like, I like that. Yeah. There's one I was looking at that Amazon sells and it's like less than 200 bucks. And it's like the ice is ready in like less than 10 minutes. And <laughs> I've totally thought about Christmas. it. Oh my God. But if we should I mean, start a it's... Patreon just to. Just raise money for my pebble ice problems. Um, I mean, if 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 I'm doing that, I'm gonna put on the the like eight hundred dollar amazing machine. Yeah. But it's crazy because I I feel like I would have already done it, it or gotten these things had I just had more counter space, you know? Yeah. 
Yep. And so living in Santa Monica four blocks from the beach, you're not going to have a lot of counter space unless you're a billionaire. Uh, yeah. That's just how it works. That's just not fair. So you guys let us know if you think ice is scrummy or crummy. Are you yeah. into it? Are you not? Do you not know what the hell we're talking about? Does it? Does, Are you, do does do it you live in Europe where it? just nobody uses ice in their oh drinks? Do you know how, how many like servers that I made so confused at restaurants when I just wanted a cup of ice? <laughs> I'm sure they like turned around and were like, stupid American. Right. Or they're like, <laughs> she's probably got one of those like airplane bottles of booze in her purse. Right. Just dump it in there. They're always shocked when I literally just pour the ice water they've given me that is probably the coldest water that, you know, they serve that has like the one cube of ice sadly floating by itself. And I pour it over the other ice and then I ask for more. Like, nice. I I don't know. It's, I'm glad you asked for what you want. You know what? Yeah. I kind of got over the, I, I wanted it more than I cared what they were thinking. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Labor Day weekend I know. is this weekend yep um you got a making challenge for us i do i want to talk about my ribs that i make probably every couple months this is kind of the only besides bacon this is really kind of the only pork that i eat although when i have mexican food i usually do get a pork burrito because pork Mm. butt and pork shoulder is delicious so so, but I wanted to let, I wanted to talk about it because not everyone has a grill, uh, including myself. I've never owned a grill and I actually feel like, I mean, I'm sure I would figure it out, but I'm intimidated by grills because I'm like, I don't know how hot it is. Oh, like I, I And I never trust the thermometer on the grills that are I like built in. Right. I'm like, that's bullshit. That's a bullshit also, meter. And I'm also worried about stuff sticking to the grill and I don't know how to season it. Just like I've tried to season a cast iron pan and I've never been able to do it right. Oh my and God. It always ends up rusting. Our ca- and... cast iron, it has to be a, a, an episode topic at some point. Okay. Okay. I literally just sat straight up like when you started talking about the cast iron. Yeah, that would be really good because I actually have a cast iron like um, flat top like grill where you can you put it over two burners, mm-hmm. um, but I'm I've never used it because I don't know how to season it. So we should definitely talk about that. So, anyways, so if you do not have a grill or you're intimidated of the grill, these ribs um, are super easy and foolproof and delicious. So I'm gonna post the recipe on Instagram, but I'll just take you through real quick. So I I like baby back ribs. You can also use spare ribs even use beef ribs um pretty much the the same i mean i would say like the meatier they are you might want to let them cook a little bit longer but um i have my i have my own um dry rub that i make and i usually i like to put the dry rub on the day before you don't have to but i just like to give it give the meat some time to sort of um let all the yummy deliciousness into the meat so it's more seasoned throughout yeah and um so I do the dry rub the day before and then, um, and PS the silver skin, I do not fuck with that. I let it be there and like nothing bad ever happens. I would say it might make for a more interesting eating experience, but I sort of like to, when I'm eating a rib, it's, I'm going to be messy. It's not going to be, I'm not going to be polite about it. Like, so if there's, I don't know, I don't even know the purpose of removing the silver skin. Do you? 
Um, I think it just makes for less of the the when people want something that's not going to be like chewy fighting back. I or actually I, really enjoy that part. Me too. And I, I think it's like um, people don't want them to curl up or something. But I think maybe because the way I bake, I bake them so low and slow that I don't know. I never have a problem. Do you pierce it? Because I've seen that before. No. No, I literally take it out of the package, give it a little rinse, pat it dry, dry rub, put it in the fridge for like a day, take it back out. And then I do, um, you know, take a big old sheet pan. I put foil, like two, you know, foil, foil, foil with this, guys, because then your cleanup is super easy. So I do like two layers of foil and then the ribs and then two more layers of foil. And the, the, the trick is to just get that foil on the sheet pan really, really tight. So... You're basically steaming the meat and okay. and then i cook it at 275 for like mm, three hours sometimes a little bit less sometimes a little bit more but you know i would say three hours you're safe and then you just open up a little corner and just do like do the knife check and if like if the knife just goes really easily through you know between the ribs and you can sort of see the, the meat coming away from the bone you're good mm-hmm. at which well, point uh... you just take it off and you take the foil off and you um, can also post my um, barbecue sauce recipe or you can just use whatever your favorite barbecue recipe or bottled barbecue sauces, put that on, put it under the broiler and the broiler makes them get all like crusty and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sort of caramelized. The sauce kind of caramelizes. And yeah. And... and so it's so easy. I, before I started making ribs, I, I thought it was like way more complicated. And people that have grills too, you can do the baking portion, just like I said. And then instead of doing the broiler, you would just take the ribs out, put them on the grill with the sauce and let the grill finish. Then you've got that nice char and you've got the nice smoky taste. But you don't if have you to trust have a grill. your grill. If you trust your grill. And so that's I it. Have, it's so easy. I um I've been um shamelessly enjoying Tim's new obsession. My little brother got a smoker during mm. during this quarantine period. And it is like a no joke, like you could fit a human in it kind of smoker. Um, and I, I've never ever used a smoker. I have no experience. I, you know, I hadn't either. I've grilled plenty. I love grilling over coals. I love how you have to like it's like your relationship with the fire and like yep. and the heat and the and the air circulation, you know, kind of controlling the temperature and and I've fucked up plenty of pieces of meat and I've come out with gold on some <laughs> some of the things. But one of the things that Tim's been doing when he does ribs is this baked bean thing and so i actually asked him for the recipe um and he does an adapted recipe from malcolm reed's um recipe for for smoked barbecue baked beans okay and so it's like start with you know your your cans of beans it's a couple cans of beans or pork and beans or whatever your favorite beans so you're starting with baked beans you're not starting with plain beans interesting And then um, take a big old onion, small dice. Um, he's got like brown sugar, barbecue sauce. Tim makes his own. Like I'm sure a, a bottle would be just fine. And then there's like mm-hmm. ketchup, yellow mustard, like your basic 
Yep. Trenches, yellow mustard kind of thing, Worcestershire. And then also, um, instead of all the random seasonings, he does, like you, he has his own, like, favorite recipe of rub. Yep. And then my mom's influence in his um, baked bean process, because, of course, the giant smoker lives at my parents' house um, in their in their garage, and he smokes in their yard and has a whole setup. I'll have to post some pictures. It's pretty sweet. Um, but she said, you know, don't put in all the onion. Let's have some texture difference. Let's see what happens. And so he puts in like three quarters of the onion at the beginning okay, and then the rest about two hours into it. And so he does the whole thing. Yeah. And so it gives like the, yeah, the onions not all melted away. Like there's some toothsomeness yeah. of the there's onion. There's just a little, and it's not nearly enough to be like, it's like they still cook for a solid 30, 45 minutes. Yeah. So it's not like they're like crunchy, but right. um and there's definitely no, um, you know, sharp bite um, that a lot of people don't like in onion. But um, one of the things that he texted me after he sent the recipe, like the next day, he's like, oh, oh, add any meat you have. Whatever, like leftover barbecue. I'm like, people don't people don't smoke every weekend like you have been doing. But if you have sure like put some... in your leftover rib tips. Right. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, well, I was prepping like my pork butt. So I had all these trimmings. And so I just like threw them in too. And it was so good. And I'm like, I'm sure it was, <laughs> but, mm. but that's like another thing too. And then if you are doing um, a situation with a, a grill or a multi-rack thing, like he actually puts the tray of beans under the ribs to catch drippings too. Oh, hell yes. That's a genius move. Yeah, and it's fucking good. I never mm -hmm. order beans, and I always eat this. I was about to say I always eat Tim's beans, and that just sounds so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Oh God my damn gosh. it! I had to go ruin it with that. That sounds so good. Um, I will post his thing too. Um, I have a picture of him too. And um, we'll get that posted so you guys can do ribs and beans. And if not on this blazing hot Labor Day weekend, then maybe when it's a little cooler. Yeah. But yeah, if you do that with some corn and some watermelon, mm. done. Oh my God. That sounds so good. Yeah. I, like I, also who wants to cook when it's a hundred and it's 118 here today. It's going to be 120 on Labor Day. Stop it. That's not real temperatures. I know. I know. So I'm like, we're just going to survive. We're just going to, I don't know. Jesus. Yeah. No, I, I looked and it was going to be 91 in Santa Monica. And I'm like, what the fuck is no. going on? I know. There's a reason I live here. I can't handle this. No, it's not fair. It's really not. But I'm also that idiot that like today baked a sourdough loaf like first thing in the morning so that's um for people that aren't um on my constant sourdough feed mm -hmm. it's like it's preheating the oven at 500 degrees and it stays on for like an hour and a half so it's uh it, it heats up my little shoebox of a home oh my gosh and then my poor wife is sitting out there close to the kitchen because i've um commandeered right because <laughs> you're uh, <laughs> this half of our podcast this half of our shoebox for the podcast well but, tell, uh, yeah huh. i was gonna say tell me about last morsels tell me about alan b's oh my god so this was a quarantine find um speaking of small burritos 
that are perfectly flavored Ooh. and they're they are literally a hole in the wall they've been there for like 70 years it's in Boyle Heights in LA it's if you're on the let's see I take the 10 mm-hmm. to the 101 mm-hmm. and get off at fourth so okay. it's like is it to 10 to the 5 to the 101 it's like at the interchange um right there. this is like an episode of the Californians <laughs> hyper local hyper local oh my god um so it's this hole in the wall they're only they i think they close at like seven o'clock most days like it's um it's a neighborhood that i would not feel safe walking around in it for what after seven (laughs) after dark what if it were not for the police station on the very next block and Got the it. cops are there all the time like getting burritos and stuff and um so now i've also discovered that you can um phone in your order and then you can just like show up and pick it up and not have to like loiter on the sidewalk for 20 minutes but it is so good um their bean and cheese burritos tam mm-hmm. gets it every time i get their um shredded beef and they do this salsa verde that is not like it doesn't even look green but it's a hot salsa like temperature Mm -hmm. hot they keep it warm they they keep it hot serve it warm and it's sometimes got more of a kick they like clearly make it every day yeah um and it is so good i don't even and then one of the burritos they do it is a chili relleno burrito Mm -hmm. so there is a straight up chili relleno Inside Which we saw burrito. Padma. We saw Padma eat that. Uh-huh. That's mm-hmm. why I, I, I like totally was like, oh my God, I gotta do Alan B's for my last morsel. Because that shit is fucking delicious. And our we always get our neighbor Ron, we get him one because that's like his go-to order is the Jelly Riano burrito. And can I just say these burritos are like six bucks, five bucks. Tam's bean and cheese is like four something. This is one of the things I miss the most about LA is you can find, you know, in a, in a city that's so expensive to live, you can find amazing food for no money. And now that we live somewhere where it seems like we should have decent Mexican food. Nope. No, nope. Nope. It's media. It's all mediocre and it's all overpriced because it's a resort town. So they're just like, you know, there's just too many stupid tourists coming in that don't know. They're like, we'll go here and pay $18 for like a shitty taco plate. I always forget it's a resort town, but you're absolutely correct. Yeah. So many resorts. Yeah. But yeah. So this place, it's legit Allen B's and it's like B-B-E-A. Okay. Um, I don't actually know if there originally was an Al or a B, but <laughs> um, it's like the same two people have always answered the phone and... um rung me up and it's literally like they they have some tables around but they have like every other one marked off obviously right now it's all outside and it's literally you walk up to one window that is a hole in their wall and the kitchen is behind this wall so you can like see it all and then um you, the pickup is at another window like 10 feet down and so it's teeny tiny teeny teeny tiny and there's a little bodega around the around the side and i've like wandered in there one time and it's like none of it's it, it doesn't make sense it almost it's like from another time or something Interesting. but it's amazing and i gotta say had it not been for pandemic traffic or the lack thereof in la like there is no way that we would be driving from santa monica to boyle heights on 
any given day right at, at any meal time right but we can get there and back like pick get there I leave I um call in my order once I get on the 10 and then 20 minutes later I'm picking it up I can get home like well within the hour which would be not even the time it would take us to get there normally so that's amazing it's opened up our our world and it's like you know pocket change and I feel like we've gotten like amazing food and come home so satisfied and you're supporting a local business and supporting a local business and I'm pretty sure it's family run like I said it's always the same guy that's like manning the burrito station and this dude like sometimes I'll just stand they have it's like the corner of the the little building is where the the burrito station is Mm -hmm. and you just see him he's like a beast man he's like making these burritos and slopping the beans and the meat and it's like and everyone comes out like the same size and shape and it's I just like watch him it's like it's like one of those you know what what are those things that you you like watch repetitively and it's like a a loop yeah yeah kind of that's not the word I'm thinking of that'll work do you have a last morsel for me I do I do well side note I just like I I turned on my Instagram on my phone to see if Alan B's had an insta I don't know if they do but um David do you follow David Chang I don't oh my gosh I don't know why I don't because I love him it's really good and I love you know like sort of as an extension of ugly delicious which is another must watch Mm-hmm. Um, he, he like, he just, he does really inspiring things with food that it's like, talk about somebody who's giving, like just giving the knowledge away, you know, like he'll be like, mm-hmm. take a beef chuck roast, put salt and pepper on it, put it in a Dutch oven and put it in the, like, he's like, he'll, he'll make yeah. something and he'll, he'll photograph it. And you're like, that is the most delicious thing I've ever seen. And he's like, it's salt and pepper. And I put it in an oven. It's, he makes it very approachable. Yeah, but also yeah, that's what I love about his shows. He's like, it's it's like this dude. He's not like yeah, he's like it's not precious and it's not rocket mm-hmm. science. And I'm not going to be this like snobby chef, even though I could totally be a snobby chef because I'm famous. A thousand percent. Yeah, and I love his laugh. And he has a little baby named Hugo. And a lot oh of oh my god, his baby is, is, so is Hugo like eating, and it's it's the best between Hugo and then David's mom. I just like. I probably cry like like cute like cute sweet tears on his Instagram at least once a month. Oh, see, that's yeah. one of the things I'm learning. Tears are not always bad. It's not no. something that necessarily stop. For me, like tears equaled pain or hurt or oh. like blood or like something went horribly wrong, and that's why there are tears. But now I'm like, oh my god, that's gonna be a good thing. Yeah, for me, it's just an overwhelm of emotion. And it just means like, yeah. oh, I'm sensitive and I feel, I just feel things very deeply. Well, I'm following him now. I don't yeah. know why. Before, like, Molofuku has been one of our, like, must stops for a bowl of garlic noodles and, like, a pork bun forever in New York. Mm. Like, since, I don't know, forever. I love him. I could listen to him talk forever. Um, but he's not my last morsel, but that oh. bonus last morsel. Um, my last morsel is not food related. It's uh, another Instagram. Well, I discovered him on Instagram. His name is Laundrell. I'll totally post him. And um, he is, he's a musician and he also does a lot of 
his sort of music is around meditation oh. and especially in this time and he'll post up on his Insta. He'll do, um, I think a couple times a week, he does a lot, an Instagram live meditation, uh, like a free guided meditation. And his, his music is really beautiful. And his voice is, um, just one of those voices that you, for me, I just listen to it and I immediately like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to chill the fuck out. And he'll post things like, just like breathe, you know, like, and it, it'll be like a number, like one, two, three, four, hold, exhale, inhale, exhale. And, um, and he also has a free app that you can download. And it, the app is called Eternal Sunshine. Aww. And it has, and it has meditations and which I really want to do um, with Ian. And so far he's not been receptive to it, but also just like everything else with parenting, I'm learning, do it your fucking self first, right? Because how much right. do I, you know, it's like taking vitamins. I'm like, should I meditate? Of course I should. Do I meditate? Of course I don't. Because I'm too anxious. You just, said that just reminded me of something my mom, her response to a lot of things when we're like, well, can't you just this or can't you just that? Like, she'll just turn to us and be like, of course I can't. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Of course I can't. Yeah. So yeah. anyways, I just, you know, and I just wanted to put it out there because it's brought me some comfort and that's awesome. I'll check him out. Yeah. So for anyone who's feeling anxious, is or his, if you're, like, you if were you're an anxious his scroller too, it's like scroll, scroll his shit. And like, you know, maybe it'll make you feel better rather than worse. Eternal sunshine brand. I see now. So you were seeing his music and stuff going with along with like the whole, you know, calming vibe and yeah. meditations and all that stuff. Is it like original music? And I think so. Yeah. It's oh, his music. Cool. I believe. I believe. Awesome. I'll check it out. <sighs> well. computer went to sleep. Look yeah. at us. An hour and 20 minutes. Oh my gosh. We have to be quiet. We gotta shut the fuck up. We gotta shut the fuck up. All right, friends, thank you for joining us for another edition of Eating Too Much. Find us on Instagram. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you want us to talk about, if there's anything we're missing. Um, and if you can, download our and subscribe to the podcast. That really helps us. If you want to leave a review or even just rate with stars. We have one review. Did you know that? We have a review? We have a review. And I believe it's from Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> oh god love i know and it's very Cindy, thanks Hi. for our review well she knows she's a podcast producer yeah yes yeah. tiffany and it says this is our one review five stars tiffany and mandy four exclamation points two voices i love so much and now i can listen to them on a podcast so oh you know. thanks cindy yeah. love you and oh, we see, miss we have her. seven ratings and they're all five stars. We don't have any one stars yet. Seven ratings? <laughs> that means there's at least seven unique users. I haven't rated us. Should I go on? Yes, <laughs> definitely. Why haven't I done that? This reminds me of when Ian, Ian had a YouTube channel and he would be like, Mom, I have two subscribers. And I think it was like me and my mom, you know? Oh, he was so excited. And I was like, yes, you do. You have two subscribers. 
so cute. Oh, Ian tries. Um, oh, I, yeah. I, I watched it when you yep. would post things. Yep. I was not a subscriber. I'm sorry, buddy. That's all right. Well, um, hopefully he's not listening to our podcast. No, he doesn't. He doesn't listen to it because there's too many swears. Um, but I have noticed the little E that's next to it. Yes. I want to be honest. Yes. That's because transparency is key. I've listened to podcasts with him and then all of a sudden I'm like, we cannot listen to this. <laughs> words that I know you know these words, but I'm really not excited about you using these words with any sort of regularity. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, friend. All right, friend. I love you. I will talk I to you, you soon. Okay. Have a fantastic, hopefully, stay cool. Have a great Labor Day weekend. Yep. And just keep eating. Too much. Too much. Bye. Bye. Bye.